Hello and welcome to Is This Room Free? My name is Martin Drake and I'm an ex-HR professional who is now the founder and managing director of Hire People, a recruitment business that is raising the standards in the way recruitment agencies operate. In this podcast, I will be talking to HR professionals and listening to the stories of their careers. I will be finding out about the journeys they have taken and what they've learned along the way. The purpose is to help others in the profession identify and understand the various paths available and take inspiration from my guest speakers. Whether you are someone who is looking to get that first step on the HR career ladder or an aspiring HR director, I hope you get value from my conversations. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hi everybody, welcome back to episode four of season three of Is This Room Free? And I am absolutely thrilled today to be joined by um, Kyle Warner. Um, Kyle, before I kind of go into anything, I'm just going to kind of pass over to you. Do you want to do a really simple introduction of kind of who you are, what role it is that you're doing right now, and then I'll give everybody kind of the backstory of how you and I met and why I wanted to bring you on. Of course, of course. So, hi, I'm Kyle. I'm from Ohio. I like that because it rhymes. <laughs> but I'm an HR generalist three um, working with Samsung. But you, you're not in Ohio anymore, are you? Oh, no, I'm not. I am in the Dallas, Texas area. Fantastic. So you and I met um, oh, about uh, six weeks ago. Um, we connected on LinkedIn and uh, you said that you, uh, you were in a role. The contract was coming to an end. And you were going to be looking for a, for a new position, so um, we did a video call, kind of talked through um, through your career, kind of like a another version of exactly this, really. So we've we've had this same chat um, a number of weeks ago, but what really really stood out for me was as we went through your CV, how in every single job that you've had, you have driven change within there. And and one of the things kind of we spoke about was um, how we could improve your CV and, and starting to bring in some of these kind of key achievements. And it was from that that you started to share with me, actually, the, the impact that you'd had in every role. And as I was sat there listening, we were going through role one. Cal's made a massive impact. Role, you know, job number two. Oh, here we go. Cal's made another massive impact. Job number three. Is driven change here. I was like, this is amazing. Why haven't you got this on your CV? So we went through kind of this whole exercise. Um, and I'm really pleased that, you know, on the back of that, um, you kind of caught up with me and just said, you know, you'd have massive success in the in the job market off the back of making those changes. And, and that led to your, your kind of your new role with Samsung. But it was that listening to you talk and go, right, here is a guy who hasn't just turned up for work every day and just done the, the kind of nine to five and the bare minimum. You're somebody who must have something intrinsic about you of wanting to really drive improvement and make a change. And I think that is so important within HR and it's it's often something that can be overlooked by a lot of HR professionals. So that was why I wanted to bring you on to share your story and hopefully Others can listen to this and and learn from you and take inspiration from kind of what we're going to talk about today. So, thank you very much for for joining me. And um, yeah, let's let's jump into it. Um, oh, and the other thing, um, you're a bit of a dark horse as well because you've only just told me you 
bef- literally before we click record, you host your own podcast as well. So there's probably, um, I think as we get to know each other more, I think there's going to be a lot of um, secrets in the closet that you don't, you don't, you share with me kind of over the, you probably a, an ex um, NFL as well, somewhere along the line that you didn't share with me. No, I haven't dated um, anybody famous. <laughs> I've uh, I've got an Emmy. <laughs> so talk to me about um, how you got into HR. Then, when you know, at what point did you realize that HR was going to be a career that you wanted to pursue? You know, um, actually, there was a couple of pivotal points that happened. Um, first one, um, I'll you uh, I used to work for a company at at the airport back in my hometown in Ohio. Uh, uh, there was an HR team there, worked there for five years. Unfortunately, the company shut down. Um, I had a really good rapport with them. But um, what was helpful was um, when the company shut down, um, they were extremely supportive and giving us guidance on what we needed to do next and what we needed to do you know, to get severance and what that looked like. Um, they were very detailed and it was helpful for me. So that was the inspirational piece. Um, but then in school, um, I was actually flip-flopping majors and went from psychology to accounting, which I'll be honest with you, I don't know who, that's a certain kind of person. I am I am not it. <laughs> am there's, not. There's, there's often a transferability from psychology into HR, but yeah, I've never, I've never seen the accounting leap from, from finance into, uh, into HR, but that, that sounds like it wasn't for you. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. So um, one day I was in a class, I was in one of my classes, they had us take an assessment and, uh, you know, to determine what kind of career path was for you. Okay. And and the two were HR and travel agent. And I said, travel agent, (laughs) you know, let me, let me give HR a shot. And when I did the research behind uh, what human resources was and what they actually do, I was like, this sounds like it's for me because I like to expand and, and learn different things. And yeah. I just like, you know, continuous learning, always on the go, just, you know, being there, being ready. And and uh, then that coupled with the kind of the experience of, of how you were treated going through a difficult situation by the HR team, I guess, kind of, um, um, kind of reinforce actually, you know, if I can, give that same service to to other people then i'll i'll you know not to sound cheesy but i'll i'll be doing some good with kind of you know the work that i do as well yeah and it's crazy enough i mean even after you know they had you know eight years that i've you know been in the field um i still have that same ideology about you know empowering others to you know empowering others to do better empowering others to be able to do um to be able to be sufficient on their own it's like hey i'll show you how to do this thing and of course, you can come back and utilize me as a resource, but you should be able to do it on your own. And that's kind of the approach that are that I felt with that HR team during that time. Okay, fantastic. So, kind of once you graduated from university, how how did you get that first job? Because that can often be a real pivotal moment for people. It's you know, um, right? I've I've got the theoretical side, I've got the the kind of the degree, but sometimes you can then apply for jobs and they go, well, you haven't got any practical experience. So it's the, the kind of the chicken and the egg situation. How do I, how do I get the experience if I can't get the job? And, and that's so, sort of so how did you get that kind of that first role? So, um, so the way that I got the first role was one, I actually had to apply outside of my home area. So 
Um, when I was in Ohio, basically the only way I was going to get a job in HR was if someone died or someone got fired because everyone, you know, when someone's in a job, we stay, we stick with those jobs until we retire. So, um, I wasn't getting anything there. Um, there was an opportunity to live with a cousin in Maryland. So I started applying to jobs in Maryland and, um, I looked just for entry level. Um, at this point, I'm a truck driver or truck truck driver, forklift driver. So I've already made good money. It's like, hey, you know, just trying to make that transition over. Um, so, yeah, so I applied for like entry level jobs just to kind of get my foot in the door and then, you know, take it from there. It was nice because I could live rent free with my cousins just so I can get myself on my feet and then make eventually make more money to be able to, you know, su- support myself. Yeah. And what was that, what was that first job like then? So you've, you've come from university, you've relocated, um, you're applying for jobs, you obviously then successfully in getting one. What was the first job like though? You know, you, you kind of first um, entry into kind of um, office world, you know, away from maybe, you know, working in the airport, doing driving work, a bit more kind of labor intensive type work to, to going into an office. So it can be a big shock to some people. So how did you kind of adapt and, and what was that kind of initial learning phase like for you? So, um, well, I actually had a little bit of, I guess, office and I use air quotes, office ex- office experience with um, working at the airport. And then I also had an internship. Um, the the thing about it was, um, it, I mean, it was actually a lot easier and it was kind of nice to be able to take a break from physical labor to be able to do those things, but it was nice because it challenged my brain. Um, so the only thing that challenged my brain during those times was when I was team lead, um, you know, supporting, you know, supporting the uh, team that I had. Yeah. Uh, so being able to go in the office was great. Thing that I noticed was um, the way that I talk, you know, in the field. So in the warehouse and trucking is different than you would talk <laughs> at the office. <laughs> Um, it's be a little bit more professional, a little bit more diplomatic. Yes, and that and and that was a very um, and that was a very interesting scenario. That 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 was an adjustment, and um, yeah, no, no, I was gonna say yeah, that was definitely an adjustment because um, I've made adjustments in regards to that, but I still try to stay authentic to myself. If the, if that makes sense, yeah. So what were you what were you doing in that first job? What were you responsible for? So my very first HR job was in the um, substance abuse um, in a substance abuse facility. So they um, they were underneath the state of uh, Maryland, and basically they supported um, young adults, so children uh, and adults who had substance abuse um, substance abuse problems. Right. Uh, so they had the detox environment then. Oh, yeah, that was a completely different environment. So they had the intent, you know, uh, IOP, which is intensive outpatient, they had inpatient. And then, of course, they had um, other locations, which, you know, um, we'll talk about here in a a minute, um, that also did different areas of uh, their recovery. Um, It was different because um, you had the, the office environment, but then you also had the patient's environment. Because your office is in the same place where the patients are, you know, walking through. So, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't even begin to imagine kind of what that's like as an as a 
as a work environment to be in because there's a lot uh, just imagine a lot of um difficult situations that you're, you're you're kind of looking at in terms of individuals and um what's going on in their world but at the same time you're you're there kind of just doing you know living your life going in to kind of do your jobs but you've got to be very sensitive to kind of what's going on within the terms of what the the kind of the treatment center does um so in terms of the, kind of the actual kind of day-to-day aspect of what you were doing what were you tasked with uh so as the hr assistant let me think um did the my kind of low level administrative yeah. type tasks yeah i was gonna say so yeah they started me off with just managing files but then right into it they had me um you know talking with people in reference to interviews setting up interviews they had me um conduct orientation uh and then of course i had to you know make sure they did all their medical exams and things of that nature um I guess what kind of um, started my shift there was because I was learning so much, I started, I wanted to learn more about other people and their jobs okay. and then how their roles impact like my job. And that's yeah. kind of where I got an understanding. I'm like, okay, so they need these things and they need, and they need these things by this time because of, you know, these rules or these regulations or, you know, whatever it is. And was that just something, sorry to, to kind of interrupt, was that just something that, almost like a light bulb went off for you one day of thinking, okay, you know, I'm doing my job, but if I can learn about their jobs, it's going to make me better at supporting the rest of the team. Or was it something that was kind of shared with you by others in the team in terms of, look, Kyle, you're going to have to get an appreciation of our jobs so that we can work more effectively together? No. um, So the, I've always been an accommodating person. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I've always believed in, you know, finding a way that we all can mutually benefit from something. So, um, and I think that started when I took on that leadership role with, um, at the airport, when I had to, you know, when I had to work and manage uh, like 24 people. Um, So, so many different personalities and you had to try to find like a common ground that everyone can benefit from. Um, And I think, honestly, it started with my job like i was trying to get my job stuff in order and then i realized there was delays and then that's when i went over and i asked the questions like hey um you know what can i do to support you um okay. instead of saying hey you know you're taking forever um yeah. can you give me can you give me the thing that i need today it's more of hey what you know what can i do to what can i do to support you maybe learn a little bit more about the job um usually it's about getting to know the person a little bit and then that's when everything else kind of just falls organically and that's when i saw the that's when i saw the opportunity was like oh well if you do this then would it make sense if i did this and you know we have that open discussion and if they say yeah this sounds good then it's like okay great let me try this out and then see if it works and then yeah that that, that's the bit i'm really interested in about you I'm, i'm kind of not not to kind of go down the psychology route, um, but as I kind of go through this podcast and I, and I talk to a lot of people, um, I want to kind of get under the skin of why certain people act in a certain way. Um, and, and as I said, I was really keen to bring you on because as we had that conversation a few weeks ago, you're just somebody that has tried to make improvements in every single organization that you've been in and i'm thinking about well where does that come from you know is that that's something is that taught or is that 
um, intrinsic within you. And it, and it seems as though you're kind of just an inquisitive person, but you, you, you obviously have a kind of a mindset where you look at process and you think, okay, this is the way something is done, but how can we make it better? And you've obviously just done that right from the beginning you know, your very, your very kind of first job of, you know, saying, right, well, I, yeah, I've gone in, I've learned how to do my job, but there's blockers here. You know, I'm waiting on information for people before I can kind of do what I need to do. So, so what's happening here and that inquisitive element of going in and asking questions. And and I think what was really interesting then, the way you asked it, you know, you, you didn't say, what the hell's going on here? Why, why are you so slow? It was, <laughs> Is there anything I can do to help that might improve? There's a certain way of asking, isn't there? Like a diplomatic, political way of of kind of asking things. Cool. Okay. Um, I mean, that was that was the first job, and you know, um, I I know that you kind of did some kind of um, streamline and improvement kind of around recruitment and, and onboarding. But I think as we talk through some of your other roles, we'll really see some kind of. proper driving improvements so so what happened after after that role you were with them for about a year um yeah so no um so yes so so i was there i want to say it was roughly three months and um they presented an opportunity for me to manage my own location um originally i was there to just support um the person there who didn't have any hr experience Um, and then when she ended up having to leave, um, I ended up taking over. So then I had my responsibility of a hundred and I think it was like 115, 115-ish employees with um with three at three different locations with um you know a few hundred patients. Um that's a big step up in three months. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so so i will say the one thing that i i think i've done really good at is um creating order and chaos it's like i'm so used to being thrown in the ringer and then just creating structure and process from that that's what i mean i i, I kind of from our conversations i i i see you as a somebody who can look at pro like you they kind of create structure and order from from chaos but you you kind of have a you seem to have a kind of a mindset of um understanding process and being able to kind of look at something put a process in place but also if a process currently exists how can we fine-tune it and look for those you know marginal gains and improvements that are gonna save time save money um drive efficiencies whatever it may be okay so so you'd um so you'd gone in three months in, you you got this ridiculous um, kind of situation then where you were looking after 120 employees. Um, what happened from there? Uh, well, from there, it was a matter of <laughs> I was learning as I was going um, okay. because because uh, in the medical field, at least back then, everything was paper. And I am a I'm a millennial. I don't like paper. <laughs> So trying to find a way to make this work without having to use as much paper. Um, I, yeah, I, I gained a lot of um, great experience from there. Um, you know, see, you know, I will say my, my mindset is always, I mean, is curiosity and just seeking to understand. Um, I think those are two great uh, mindsets to have because um, it really helps with, um, it makes people more willing to help you. 
especially when you're like a one-stop shop, when you're a one-person show. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for so, it. So you've you've kind of you've gone in there. You've ended up operating in a standalone position. It's just you. If you don't in a, in a situation like that, you're in come on, you're in your first job. You sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So situations are going to present themselves which you've never encountered before because this this is your first HR job. You know, previous this. You've just done kind of like student jobs, part-time jobs while you're studying. If you if you were faced with a situation that you had no experience of and no prior knowledge of, how would you find the answers to it? How would you handle that situation? So, actually, I'll give you an example through. <laughs> I'll give you an example through that. Oh, it's like so... I it perfectly for you there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the one thing that I learned was uh, we constantly get audited. Um, there are agencies as well as the state who come and audit, you know, audit information. And yeah, I'd never been audited before. And in that short period of time, I think I was audited about five or six times. Wow. So like I said, from state, from, uh, I don't think it was from federal, but I know from state and from several agencies. So when it came to auditing at that point, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But, um, so actually I remember it was the director, uh, the director of ops or sorry, the director of, um, the counselors, they came in, told me, said, Hey, we got an audit that's coming up. And I'm like, okay, I've never done this before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm What's doing. An audit? <laughs> and she said, okay, well here, um, basically what, you know, what we do is this is what, this is what I do in this area. Usually they ask HR for like some employee files and you know, this other information, they'll ask a few questions and that's usually it. Um, because like I said, they get audited fairly regularly. So they kind of know the routine when it comes to, uh, with meeting with these people. So I did the first round and I was like, okay, great. And then of course I had several other ones where I had to travel to the other locations to do the audits there. Okay. So it's, it's kind of lesson learned from that is, you know, be honest with people, ask lots of questions, um, you know, leverage off other people's experience to try and help you get through situations like that yeah um definitely um that like i said seeking to understand so just being open being honest uh being transparent about where you know where you are because yeah if i would have said yeah no i'm good experience this i'm good i would have <laughs> failed miserably yeah. um <laughs> okay okay so so moving on then um you know what happened how come you kind of left that role how come you n- moved into your next position yeah, so um, so the the reason why I ended up leaving the role um, had to do more with the commute. So essentially, I it took me about an hour in the morning. So I would leave for work around six a.m., maybe five thirty, six a.m. Um, to get there to get there fairly early, like around seven, and then it would take me two to three hours to get back just wow. because of, just because of traffic. Um, and I wasn't making enough money to pay for like um, the easy toll route, which would save me a lot more time. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out like that. So um, sounds like a three to four hour round commute a day. Yeah, um, and this is you know before the working from home thing became yeah. much of a thing. And yeah, um, I did it for about six seven months, and I just could I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, 
so then um i found another actually i think the opportunity found me uh which was actually because i lived in baltimore so in baltimore city and it was uh 15 minutes away and they basically paid me i think like almost uh two-thirds of what i was already making okay so, <laughs> so a, I'm like, a bit of a no-brainer then yeah so um and that's and that's and it, that was my very first con- going into in the to the contracting realm which i didn't know i was going to be in for so long yeah were you quite comfortable with contracting because um you know some people will only consider permanent jobs versus kind of contract work whereas you've done quite a number of contract roles yeah so you know um for me, I was just open, just open to possibility. Um, you know, I, I will say from the contracting perspective, it was I initially went to contracting because there was the promise of, hey, you're going to be brought on board full time. And I'm like, OK, that's exciting. So, yeah, yeah you know, it, it's kind of a way to trial and see how that works. Unfortunately, yeah. for most of those, actually all of them, um, they have not turned into anything full time. But I will say, um, you know, just for anyone listening, um, to me, there's really no difference between a contracting role versus a um, a permanent role, um, just in the sense of um, you can lose your job at any time. It doesn't matter if you're contracted or if you're permanent. Um, I will say, though, um, what I've learned from contracting, I'm very grateful for because it's allowed me to be very diverse in my skill set. So it makes me a lot more marketable. Um, so it isn't me constantly looking for jobs. It's actually people finding me because like, oh, wow, you have a very diverse skill set. You've worked for, you know, different organizations, you know, in the contracting field. Bad piece of it is um, when those contracts end, you go to another one. So now it looks like you're constantly, I mean, well, you are essentially, you're job hopping and yeah, that's unfortunate, but you also have all this diversity and value that you can bring into your next role, which yeah, makes but you you're job hopping with context. You know, there's a caveat to that that you're not you're not jumping from permanent job to permanent job where you're could be a, you know a bit of a disgruntled employee. You're you're moving roles because of changes in the contract. That contract's come to an end, or the project's finished. Or you're starting a new one, and I think you've raised a really good point that. Um, contracting can be really beneficial you know you can you can sometimes accelerate your career um but i think the bit that you mentioned about um getting that real diversity you know working for lots of different organizations different size of organizations getting involved in different types of projects that are going on um that's kind of been a very advantageous aspect that you've been able to bring onto your um to your cv so talk to me about so you're saying this this kind of this opportunity found you. Um, so talk to me about kind of what this this your second job was. Uh, so so I started with a contracting company. Um, the first organization I worked for, because I worked for three within uh, the time, I think the time frame of like two years that I was with them. Uh, first one, um, international company, it was higher education. Um, there was a lot of... Um, this was a whole different perspective. And I think this is where I learned that I was a systematic person was um, um, there was a lot of auditing. Um, there was uh, a little bit of recruiting. There was a little bit of um, it was more auditing and recruiting and onboarding, um, okay. which was um, which was a little different for me um, because now it's like, oh, well, I actually have to, you know, analyze data because these people are relying on me to ensure, you know, information is 
you know, information is correct. But then also learn like, hey, I had to learn how to use systems. So I had to use, you know, this is my second HCM that I utilized um, and learn how to do reporting and create reports that were going to support uh, the HR. Well, at the time, HR generalist, that's before HR business partner became a thing. Uh, <laughs> God, I feel like, man, I'm getting kind of old here. <laughs> You're not that old. <laughs> uh, but um. I guess what I guess working, th- you know, working through that. Um, so I said I enjoyed that, um, and then unfortunately that department actually got eliminated. Okay. Uh, so I was like, oh, you know, the promise ended up not working out. But hey, it ended up leading me to you know my next organization, where uh, where the HR it's crazy because the U.S. HR department had been wiped out. Um, I came in. And uh, came in to kind of hold, the, I guess, hold the fort. Um, so actually, it's kind of crazy because both both those positions I did, um, the last two, so the ones we talked about. So the first one was a Canadian-owned company. Uh, this is where um, I was supporting payroll, uh, doing all the HR work there. Um, eventually we got a couple other people in, uh, to kind of help get everything under, under wraps. This is where I learned more about the computer-based stuff. Um, I was working, we were having so many issues and this is kind of where some of this change happened where, um, payroll was having issues. I was having issues, um, because payroll was getting on my case about, um, some problems like around, um, payroll or not payroll, but, um, uh, vacation time, PTO, um, this stuff wasn't calculating appropriately. And okay. it was, she would, she, I think she said she was doing about eight hours ish, um, roughly just tracking everyone's vacation and PTOs. So Which is for me, massively inefficient, you know, for her to spend eight hours just to try and track it and gather that data so that she can then process it with payroll. You know, that's one day a week. Yeah, um, that was, um, yeah, that, that was incredibly cumbersome. So uh, for me, like that, seeking to understand, it's like, okay, what can I do to make my job a little bit easier? I said, okay, we need to find a way to make these things talk. Yeah. So um, so the issue, the challenge was the Canadian side felt like they should be the one managing and uh, fixing all that. I'll be honest with you they were not that efficient at, at taking care of that. And it's like, okay, let me just roll my sleeves up and just go in and dive in and figure this out. So, um, you know, that this is where I kind of went to configure the system. I talked with, you know, talked with an agent and I said, okay, Hey, um, so if we did this, this, and this would this work and we kind of just troubleshoot it through that. And we did some tests and, um, eventually ended up working and i'm like yeah you know it's finally working so then i said hey let's run a test real quick um and it ended up working on the payroll side i said okay great so now we need to put these people underneath these particular codes so that way it'll you know automatically do that uh of course there were still some challenges because there are some people that didn't fit in certain categories and then we had to manually put those in but uh yeah that was uh Unfortunately, we weren't able to do, you know, do that. No, but the, uh, the, 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 the situation is rather than just let somebody else deal with it, you've, you've, you've seen there's a problem here. It's a blocker to 
you, the payroll lady, trying to kind of achieve what you want to do, and you've addressed it. You've 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 taken ownership of it, and you said, right, you know, this is outside my knowledge. I don't know. I don't. You know, I'm not a HR systems expert. I'm not a back end expert. I, I don't know kind of how to get in and, and kind of fix the coding and everything like that. But you've you've then kind of got in touch with the the company. You've worked with an agent um, who's then going to be able to, you know, kind of work through that and resolve that. That's the key thing. You you haven't just left it. And I mean, how how long had that issue been going on before you joined? You uh, so um, they cha- they transitioned to that system. I think two years prior to me starting. So they were constantly having. So this problem uh, been going on for two years and nobody had fixed it. You've come in. And within a matter of a few months, just gone, right, you know, we can't, we can't carry on this way. I'm just going to take ownership of this. Yeah. Um, I think that's the thing that stands out for me. You're, you're that guy who, you know, when I, well, when I used to work in HR, one of the things that I used to talk about when I interviewed people was, I say, what, what we're looking for here is if there's a piece of paper on the floor you know, a little bit of kind of screwed up paper. Um, we want the people who are going to stop, pick that up and go and put it in the bin rather than the people who just keep on walking by. And that was just like in a little analogy that I, I kind of used to use of, um, I guess I, I as, a, as an individual, and now I'm a business owner, I want people who are going to take ownership of something, even if it's not their responsibility and say, right, we're not going to keep walking by that piece of litter on the floor it doesn't belong on the floor. That piece of paper doesn't belong there. It belongs in the bin. So it takes me 30 seconds to pick it up and walk it over to the bin. And it's about people who take, they've got standards. They um, they take pride in what they do. They want everything around them to be as good as it can be. And I think you, for me, are, uh, you know, you're the definition of that as, as you've gone through your career. You're that guy who isn't happy with things not working. Because it should work, you know. If your if your light doesn't work at home, you go and change the light bulb. You don't just sit there in the dark, do you? So, right. you know, we we do these things at home. Why don't we do them in the workplace? Um, and just because you see this is someone else's responsibility, well, there isn't always somebody else to do them. So sometimes we have to take ownership of those things ourselves. And and that's what I love about you that you're. You are that guy who goes. You know what? I'm just going to take ownership of this and fix it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, Sorry, I, I like probably that. made you like a bit. Oh a bit no. modest there, but that's that's why I wanted to bring you on. I wanted to let people listen who are going through the HR career and, and not just not just go into a job day to day, but look at okay, how can I be the best version of myself every single day? And sometimes it's about doing stuff and doing work that's outside of of your job remit because sometimes it's just the right thing to do but sometimes it can actually improve your skills i mean if we look at you now versus you at the the entry level part of of going into hr because you've you know what what was the thing that you told me before we started recording this about you 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 know, just for the listeners, you, you, you kind of, when we were working together, you were looking for a new role, you've now secured a new role, you're working at Samsung. But just tell me what it was that your line manager was saying to you about what she likes about your profile. 
Oh, so <laughs> there's several things that she loved about it. Um, she she loved no, she loved the fact that um, I brought value to pretty much every organization that I was at. But um, the thing that she loved about me, it's like, hey, um, I, I you know I want to give you free free creative control on creating these things that we need for our you know for our subdivision because. Because, I mean, because you have the experience, I trust you, you know, let's just set up time and, you know, talk about the different things that you want to create and see and see how that works. Um, and you, you've built up that toolkit, that kind of that armory as a HR professional by stretching yourself, by taking on these little mini projects of just like being a troubleshooter. You know, there's a problem here do you know what? I'm just going to fix that. And and by doing that, you have built your, um, your credentials and your, your repertoire as a HR professional outside of what most people would class as a HR generalist role. But where that is leading you is to a really, really employable HR person so that, you know, oh, Jesus, global organizations like Samsung are seeing your CV and going, we're reviewing, who's who's this guy? Who's Cal Warner? Right, he's straight to the top of the pile. We're going to interview him and we're going to look at these other people, but this is the guy that we really, really want to bring in because he's got a track record of, of adding value into every organization. And that's what I think, you know, anybody listening to this who's maybe um, in kind of early to mid stages of their HR career, they can take absolute inspiration from you about how to conduct themselves in the workplace, um, but how to make themselves more employable in the future as well. Yeah, it's definitely about, well, when I was in the moment, I really wasn't thinking about the future. I was just thinking about, you know, that moment, like, what can I do to make this easier for me? What can I do to make this easier for this other person? Primarily, what can I do to make my job easier? But what can I do to also get mutual beneficial, you know, beneficial for the other person? Yeah. But with the beauty of hindsight, you can now look back and go, now that I am where I am, I can look back and go, do you know what? It was because of me just wanting to be a nice guy, do the right thing, um, deliver more um, and make everyone's job easier that you stepped up. You know, not everybody steps up. Not everybody puts the head above the parapet. Um, and you're the guy that did that. And like you say, you know, I came back, I left my HR career behind and came back into recruitment just to do the right thing by people, to give them the service that I hadn't received as a job seeker myself. I didn't know it was going to lead me to owning my own recruitment agency and, and be at the point where I am. But when I look back with hindsight, it was, it was because of that moment of wanting to kind of drive change and give others the service that I didn't get. I think, you know, I didn't have that foresight back then. Um, equally, you didn't have that foresight back then. But by doing the right thing and taking on this additional workload and wanting to troubleshoot, it's now led you to where you are. And you can look back and go, do you know what? If I could offer this advice to anybody who is maybe kind of, in the early stages where I once was, absolutely do these things that I did because it, it is only going to help you. Cool, yeah. cool. Right. I'm conscious we're kind of we're 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 flying through time and we're we're still kind of only on 
you know, you, you kind of first ooh, set of contract. So let's let's kind of fly through some of the next bits. But yeah, as we I kind of go through them, I'm really kind of keen to hear about other examples of of kind of how you have how you've taken on that responsibility and done a bit of troubleshooting. Of course, of course. So instead of going through job by job, I'll just kind of give you a synopsis, yeah. uh, you know, synopsis of those. So, I mean, of course, um, uh, I had to go in for another kind con- you know, another contracting role where I had to, um, hold down an HR department, uh, by myself because both the director and the generalist that they had quit. Um, that right, was so, a very- so that's, that's something else. Oh, see, you've got so much good stuff. There's, I just <laughs> want to talk about all of the points. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're good. Right. How does somebody who is limited in experience run a HR function? <laughs> because you've you haven't yet you've not yet done um, employee relations strategy um, dealing with um, oh, dealing with a whole host of stuff. You know, so far you've really kind of done. Uh, recruitment, inductions and onboarding, a lot of auditing and compliance, HR systems, linking into payroll. How on earth do you then go, right, I'm going to be effectively a standalone HR manager and, and there's lo- so much stuff you haven't done yet. How do you how do you handle a job like that? Well, thankfully, like I said, my very first HR role, I got exposure to a lot of different aspects of HR. What was really nice was um, it was very familiar, um, the industry, because one was um, mental health, uh, substance abuse, and then the other one was more hos- was hospitality. Okay. So very similar departments. At this point, I already knew like, okay, I know my guidelines. I know the laws. Um, it's just a matter of support, you know, supporting where I can. Um, I've had to do employee relations issues, uh, make the most effective decision, talk with the CEO if I needed to to kind of, uh, you know, to, to handle those things. And okay. so, yeah, no, overall, like I said, very, it, it was a very interesting process trying to, you know, learn, learn from the director and the generalist, like right before they left, because they gave me roughly a week <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to do that, um, to download all that information. But then I was like, okay, I need support. So I hired someone to work underneath me, uh, while we were handling all of these uh, cases. Okay. 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 Um, sorry, I kind of cut you in as you were going you were gonna oh, no, kind of give us a, a, a synopsis, like, and then I, I yeah, did what I always do and just <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate the curiosity. So for me it it always um it always works. So um so transitioning there, I worked in a full-time career um in compliance. So I was working for a uh, construction company that was global. Um, there I learned a, a lot more about compliance, um, learned more about like, um, the compliance of, um, handbooks, um, training, so on and so forth, uh, just for the U S cause we were responsible, me and, uh, my boss were both responsible for the U S, um, there, while there wasn't as much change, it was more important about doing employee engagement, um, okay. because people were leaving because of that. But so, um, me and a couple of friends, uh, we created like uh, an employee yoga event. So we went upstairs to the sec or to like the ninth floor to do yoga at lunch. And then we created lunch and learns to kind of keep that going to get people willing to learn and to engage. Um, that was very successful there. But again, um, that's, that's just another example of you <laughs> identifying an issue, 
you know, turnover. Okay, what can we do to change this? Let's let's try and drive some employee engagement. What can we do? Um, there's going to be a little bit different, and then creating a, a, a kind of lunchtime yoga group. So it's again just another example of you identifying a, an issue and and trying to come up with a solution that's going to fix it. Yeah, I absolutely hated yoga, but <laughs> that's my, my wife's a yoga instructor. <laughs> I, I've, I'm awful at yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Um, during that time, <clears throat> I also, um, I opened up my own little business, uh, called Warner Coaching and Consulting. Basically, um, um, I opened that at the same time I attended this school for life coaching, um, life, it was life coaching and leadership, uh, development. So, um, I was talking with my boss, my boss was like, well, Hey, you know what you re- it's like, if you want to be a leader, you gotta get some leadership training. So, um, I, took a year long program to work through a lot of um, a lot of my own issues that were preventing me from being a leader. And Mm -hmm. that was a great experience. Um, It was transformative for me as a person, but then also great for some of the clients that I had. Um, I had some coaching clients and I also had a couple of uh, two or three businesses. um, Is Is this why you now do the podcast that you do? uh crazy enough actually no um (laughs) do you want to tell people what the podcast is because you know let's let's endorse it maybe get you some some listeners (laughs) of course so um so the podcast is called yes to yourself um it's about prioritizing yourself first in a world where we're always in you know always in demand Uh, and i will actually because right after this role kind of transformed my life and i actually help me create that because um, okay. like I, said, I, I do it more for just sharing the knowledge and the uh, what i've learned in my journey because yeah. i see that people can value from that so you know that's that's my goal with that fantastic perfect so anybody listening definitely go and search for that on itunes it's, amazon yeah. it's actually on all of them it's on apple it's on google uh, podcast it's on spotify so feel free. Um, season two will be starting up here in the fall. We just wrapped up at season one. So excellent, excellent, cool. So, so you did the the life coaching. You also did a bit of kind of freelance HR consultancy work as well. Um, yeah, and I guess that again um, just got you more exposure to lots of kind of smaller businesses and different types of issues that they might have. Mm-hmm. And I think I think overall the one thing that I can say I take away from that and from just um, the life coaching school was um, perspective, different approaches. So what I learned for myself and consulting was I really didn't like consulting because I like to kind of be in the, I like to be in the weeds. I like to be strategic, but also like to be in the weeds. And as a consultant, you're not really, you're not really doing that. You're kind of up there and you trust the person to do what they're going to do. And that just wasn't my thing. And of course the pandemic happened um <laughs> of course yeah we can't we can't forget the pandemic can we <laughs> yeah so um but yeah even through life coaching um there's this ability that I, I i just love and adore it's called active listening um it helped me with employee relations it helped me with my own transformation it helped me with um other clients so basically active listening what that is is so you're listening to a person but then you hear what they're saying and you're also hearing what they're not saying. So if you're, if you're okay. saying like, hey, how was your day? It's fine. Most people will be like, okay, it's fine. Like, okay, it's an okay day. 
for me, it's like, okay, well, what aren't you saying? Or what, what are you not saying? And it's, you know, that's when you get curious and you kind of ask those um, questions, um, open-ended questions of like, oh, you know, I mean, you say you're fine, but what's really going on? Yeah. And most people are willing to open up. Um, I tend to have that approach where people, um, I, I, sorry, I had that demeanor that people are very comfortable with coming and talking with me and sharing, you know, sharing everything. Part of the reason why um, I felt like I should have been a, a, um, not a travel agent, a counselor, a, a, a counselor <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, uh, the H- HR plays that role of a counselor, though, don't we? I say we. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I say we, like I'm still in HR. I've, I've not, I've not <laughs> done it for quite a number of years now. But yeah, I think HR. You know, I, I do it. You know, I guess recruitment as a um, as an aspect of of HR. I will do it in my role, even just as you know, re- a recruiter with people who. Um, maybe they've just been made redundant and they're going through that that kind of shock and that process of it or maybe they're really struggling with the job search and, and often you know I've picked some kind of skills from in HR of, of counseling um, but definitely in HR because you've got you, you're dealing with the people and the, the the range of issues and emotions and, and baggage that that people you know collect through life and and bring into work with them as well. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, it's crazy because at the end of um, my journey with um, the co- life coaching school is when I came up with um, Yes to Yourself. Okay. Uh, and that's and that's kind of where it started. Because um, yeah. it started off with uh, me building skincare for myself because uh, I'm allergic to life. So I started off building lotions and eventually um, building um, soaps for myself and then um, and it just became this whole great ordeal. It's like, oh, man, I'm doing all these wonderful things to take care of myself. And I learned that um, there's power in taking, you know, there's power in taking care of yourself and prioritizing your health, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health first so that you can really, you know, leave an impact. And yeah. that example of, and me doing that led me to my next role. Um, this was a permanent role and I did step away and this is something I, and I'll share the lesson. I'll share the lesson here. Um, this is where I was their very, their very first HR person. They never had an HR person before. Um, they really loved the value that I already, that I already had. And they were, they told me their vision and I did all the things to help build that vision. So, you know, managing their system, making it so it's more user friendly, uh, managing their payroll process, making that fluid as you know as easy and fluid as possible, creating tracking so that way, future base we can you know create, um, ensure that people are um, having a work life balance, creating the unlimited PTO policy, um, working on several other policies like social media policy. Um, creating an employee appreciation day, um, uh, creating their or managing and creating their um, uh, employee all hands on deck training, teaching people like the basics of HR, yeah. um, coaching. Were they, were they obviously with you being the first HR person? Um, was with the business receptive to that? Because sometimes there can be a bit of a, a stigma of oh, here come HR, you know killjoy they're going to ruin everything um just they're going to they're going to kind of put blockers in the way that we've been operating you know um 
there was less resistance there. Um, okay. Some of some of the old roles, they were very, um, they were like that. Like uh, I don't know about HR until they met me. I mean, yeah. not to be, you know, not to sound cocky or anything, but when they meet me and they're like, "Wow, you're HR," and I'm like, yeah. "Yeah," and they're like, "Oh, well, you seem to get things done, and you seem to actually care about what I have to, you know, what I have to say." I'm like, "Well, yeah," because you're the reason, you know. Some people don't realize like, hey, you know, HR is here to service the business, which is also the people. Um, if we're not servicing, we're not, if we're not helping the people, then, you know, why are we there? I mean, because yeah. because I've noticed some people are very strategic. They want to focus on strategic. Some people want to focus on the back end stuff. It's like they don't want to deal with the people. It's like, well, why are you in it? Because this is what we're here to do is to support them. Yeah. No, you may. Uh, this is brilliant because you you raise some really really valid points um, about you can come in and and kind of come into a situation, but it's how you engage, it's how you have that stakeholder management, and if you've got a a kind of standoffish um, approach with um, employees across the organisation, it's going to be difficult for you to make an impact. Whereas if you are um, approachable and people go wow you know you're a refreshing take on hr versus what we've had in the past they're going to buy into you and it's going to help you then just make your job easier doesn't it when you want to kind of drive change and and get stuff done that you want to do it makes life a lot easier for you as well oh absolutely and that was the thing with leadership bringing um bringing these different approaches and uh you mean this is what you learned from that leadership course about kind of? Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say what I learned from, yeah, the, the leadership training, but then also just previous experience. I mean, okay. the VP, VP president all came to me like, hey, this is what we got going on. You know, you know, what do you recommend? Or, okay, hey, we yeah. need to hire this particular, you know, we have to hire, you know, for a particular role. You know, what are your thoughts? You know, what, what's your best, you know, judgment on on this? And it was really nice to see that because everything, I guess the when you build rapport, the most important thing is one, you're consistent and you do provide results because if, as long as you're consistent, they're going to be willing to listen. You know, they're going to yeah. be willing to listen to you. And that's what I strive to do is make sure that I'm consistent in whatever it is that I do. Yeah. You've always got to ensure that if you promise something, you've got to back it up. You know, you've got to deliver on what you say you're going to do. Absolutely. Um, like I said, it was a really great opportunity until uh, until it wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and long story short of that is, um, when it comes to culture. So the main focus was the culture. Um, I was responsible for the culture. The thing is you can't fix the culture if the top dogs aren't willing to change. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it made it difficult to, to kind of drive that then. Yeah. So eventually, um, so eventually I ended up leaving that role and then I, you know, took on a few contracting roles in between time, uh, was really working on my self-esteem because, um, it, it takes a lot of courage to walk away, you know, walk away from something. Of course, you know, when I left, I made sure he was still up for success and everything else. Like we had someone else in, got them up to speed, all of that. But, um, it definitely took um, it, it takes courage to be willing to stand up for what you what you feel like you're worth yeah. and the value. So, um, yeah, I took on a couple of other contracting roles, which were, you know, great experiences, which I'll just, you know, talk briefly on. Um, first one was just 
simplifying a process that was 45 minutes to 10. Um, and that was because um, I was a case manager in HR for um, events management. And it can be really exhausting being on the phone with someone for 45 minutes. So, um, so I'm trying simpl- to streamline that then. Yeah. Simplifying that to be empathetic, but also be efficient is important. So getting it down to 10 minutes was great. Um, the other role um, I was responsible for talent development. So providing, you know, creating, uh, creating programs to support uh, the employees. So they have opportunities to learn and grow and to develop into um, new roles. So um, that was really exciting. Uh, which then led me to the role I was at prior to Samsung. Um, actually, I was only there to manage recruiting and just to cover for the HR manager while she was out. But I ended up managing the diversity and inclusion and the recruiting strategy, um, creating their strategy for what they're going to do for 2023. Um, and then creating um, and then creating a diversity and inclusion structure. So I created their SharePoint. Um, guess I got that in order. I got their, um, holidays, what they're going to celebrate, how they're going to do it, the approach, the policy, all of that lined out just so that they, um, so that way they were built up for success. Um, one of the things that I you know, from a consulting standpoint is you got to learn your client and understand, you know, what it is that they need. And the thing that they needed was consistency. And I said, okay, well, from a coaching standpoint, if you want to build something consistently, start with something easy, because if you do something that's too complicated, they're not going to stick with it. So I did all the work to make it as easy as possible for them, train them on how to do it. Okay. Now it's in your guys' hands. And And is that another example of, um, they didn't ask you to create a diversity inclusion strategy or overhaul the recruitment. It was just something that you identified was an issue and thought, okay, I need, while I'm here, I may as well fix this. Uh, yeah, um, yeah it, it, that was literally it. But the thing that I like was um, when I talked with other departments, they got excited about it. And they told me about what their challenges were in reference to that. So it's like, okay, so here's the problem. Here's the opportunity. What can we do to make this you know, a, a feasible thing? And so I essentially, you know, essentially business partnering. You know, business partnering in its um, simplest guys is going out engaging with your stakeholders what are the issues that are keeping you up at night what are the problems that are giving you headaches and from a hr stroke people perspective how can we resolve that and and that's kind of what you're doing isn't it you're you're embedding yourself in these organizations identifying what the issues are and just fixing them so that it's working the way it should work well so yes fixing them definitely but the thing that i've learned is and you know throughout this journey is the willingness of the willingness of the people um because if you don't have people backing you up it's going to be very hard for them to keep it alive moving forward yeah so throughout the process i always made sure like hey everyone's on the same page does this still look good is this still what we want to do um because the last thing you want to do is invest hours at a time into something great but then they're like well no this isn't going to work for us or this doesn't you know this doesn't work or whatever the case is yeah fantastic and that nicely brings us up to the 
the conclusion. Um, you've timed that perfectly. So we 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 kind of flew through the last few bits. But I think anybody hopefully listening to this can just take away lots of different kind of aspects from your journey and what you've learned and how you I think how you operate and how you go into I think it's I think it's really good that you've kind of gone through a lot of these contractor roles because it's put you in situations where you have been able to um learn quickly identify problems and, it, and it's 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 almost developed you as a HR professional very very quickly um but I think just people listening to this hopefully can just take away a lot of kind of lessons of of how you operate and um and how you build relationships how you um interact with people um so look, i i just want to say thank you so much for giving up your time and, and and joining me today to talk through that because um i i think you i think you're brilliant you know from the from the first meeting that we had i was it, always in the back of my mind is like i'm gonna get cal on the podcast because other people need to learn from from this individual um but you know you've been kind enough to give up um, an hour of your time today so i really appreciate it um if people want to connect with you um follow up with you um are they okay to kind of connect with you on linkedin and message you oh absolutely like i said um, i'm on facebook linkedin instagram feel free to um you know, feel free to follow me and I'll send you the information. So if they want to check me out, they can. Fantastic. Fantastic. And obviously there's the podcast that people have to listen to as well. <laughs> oh yeah. It's always a hoot. So I love it. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Look, Kyle, I'm sure we'll keep in touch, but um, thank you once again. And I look forward to, um, to watching you um, develop and grow hopefully within Samsung. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm really grateful that you hopefully get some value from this. And there's another show in the bag. I hope you enjoyed it and really appreciate you listening. We've received so much feedback from people who said how helpful these conversations are and how the insights are helping individuals with their own careers. However, to get the podcast to a larger audience, we need your help. Please could I ask you that you'd write a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on, as it's the ratings and reviews which really help get a podcast promoted. So if you could spare just 30 seconds to write us a review, that would be really, really appreciated. In the meantime, I hope you'll join us on the next episode and I'll see you then. This podcast is brought to you by Hire People, a recruitment agency specialising in the HR and marketing professions. But we're not your typical recruitment agency. When I created Hire People, I very much wanted to rip up the rule book when it came to the model I felt a recruitment business for the modern times should adopt. I've been an internal recruiter as well as a HR manager using the services recruitment agencies. Some good, mostly poor. I've also been a job seeker on the receiving end of poor service from every recruitment agency I applied for a job through. It left me feeling despondent, non-supported and very much like a statistic. So I decided to do a Gandhi and go and be the change that I wanted to see in the world. Hire People was born from that desire to not only run a recruitment agency that has standards, but continuously driving those standards higher. We are highly innovative and introduce the number of features that distinguish us from your typical recruitment agency. We offer a six month 100% rebate. 
We've introduced the innovative and groundbreaking Hired 360 product, which has brought 3D CVs and 3D job descriptions to the market. And we very much place the emphasis on service, not sales. So if you're interested in working with us, get in touch and let's see how we can help.